All right. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and jump in. Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Clever Kids Podcast. My name is Tyler. I'm here with my co-hosts, Jeff. Hey, what's up? And Brian. What's going on, guys? This is a podcast where three brothers just talk about uh, the things that they're into. Um, That sounds weird. We talk about uh, movies, books, video games, comics, you know all of those things that every other podcast in the world is already about. Um, This week we have a pretty special topic that's near and dear to our hearts, Uh, but before we do that, we're going to talk about what we've been watching, something that we might recommend to the listeners out there. Uh, Jeff, do you want to get started on that? Uh, Sure. Um, Let's see what I've been watching. I started Dragon's Dogma on Netflix, which I didn't know anything about the show beforehand. But it's, uh, it's it's pretty good. It's up there. For those of you that are familiar with different animes, it's up there with, like, Berserk as far as gore and um, uh, action. The concept of the show, a little 30-second summary, is it's, uh, it's a guy. He's got a wife and kid, and uh, a dragon shows up and, and wreaks havoc and kills everyone in the town and then eats his heart, which makes him, like, this... Uh, warrior called an arisen in this universe um and he makes it his quest with his new powers to slay the dragon that ruined his life wow jeff i'm actually impressed i started counting as soon as you said 30 second summary and that was only 15 seconds yeah and then (laughs) (laughs) yes um that sounds actually pretty interesting and it's on netflix it's on netflix uh, is voice, it like an older anime? I've no, never it's, heard of it's, it. it's literally brand new. It's actually based off of a video game franchise. Um, there's like three, I think, different Dragon Dogmas, and I guess they turned it into a TV show. I don't know if there was books that it was originally based off. I'm not sure. But uh, it's entertaining. Interesting. It's kind of got the same animation style as like the um, Castlevania series on Netflix, if you guys are familiar with that one, which is another good one. I watched some of it, but I didn't. I never played the Castlevania video game, so I was like, I am lost. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, all right, Brian, what what have you been up to? Um, same stuff, man. We're, you know, um, with our work in in master's programs, like we get episodes of stuff in um, around everything. So uh, I'm still looking at all the same stuff. Legend of Korra, uh, Umbrella Academy. We just got through season one, which is pretty awesome. Um, working on season two now have not seen friday night's episode of the boys oh. so looking forward to that but otherwise uh just stacking up uh a bunch of shows to uh kind of cue and get through as we go okay um yeah i think when maybe we don't talk about boys episodes on the show until the season is over and then maybe we just do like a boys episode where we just talk about the first two seasons maybe or maybe we do i don't know but um we can save it so that way we give a chance for people to be behind because I know that with all of our work schedules it's going to be kind of hard to keep up with all of that. Uh, for me, um, I'm going to recommend a show called Pen15 and if you were ever in high school you know that that is just penis. 
but um, it's a TV show about uh, written by two girls who are in my age range. They're about 32, um, and it, it's they actually play themselves as 13-year-olds in seventh grade, so they, like, age themselves down and give themselves, like, outfits from the early 2000s, and uh, they go and they inhabit a middle school in seventh grade with, like, actual 13 year olds and they 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 basically talk about what it was like to be a teenager in the early 2000s and it is very 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 accurate it feels exactly like what it was like to be in middle school when we were you know in the that age age range it's on hulu it's really great um it's written by or created by maya erskine who i don't know did you guys watch um plus one on hulu it was like a romantic comedy it was really good it actually has jack quaid in it from the boys um it came it came out uh, last year and uh she's also in wine country that um amy polar movie that was on netflix a couple months back anyway it's very 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 funny if you like that kind of very awkward uncomfortable cringe comedy um sort of like The Office uh, although it's not you know it's not a documentary type series or anything like that but it's very funny to watch these two 30 uh, year old women um, one is Japanese one is a white girl and you know the first episode the Japanese girl has her, her mom's like giving her a haircut before the first day of 7th grade and she gives her uh, that bowl cut that a lot of uh, you know <laughs> Not to be racist or stereotypical, but a lot of the Asian kids in our school had, you know, and it was, it just, it's her going through school as that, and I don't, and the white girl is just like a really tall, awkward girl with braces, and they're both wearing like polo shirts with popped collars, and you know, all those silly, terrible outfits that people wore back then. It's very funny. It's very funny. I recommend you guys watch it. Um, it's probably my favorite show that's been on in the last two years. I, I I found out that it was releasing the whole new season on Friday and after we watched the boys episode Kelly and I literally watched every single episode of Pen15 that night because I like it that much so that's that's my recommendation um, alright so any questions about that any of you guys got, got anything to say good let's move on Brian you picked the topic this week it's an important one for us and we're going to get it out of the way early here so why don't you introduce it yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it only came to me because yeah, in each episode so far, we've kind of alluded to being dissatisfied with certain, um, you know, pop culture, you know, productions that um, are probably widely accepted or, you know, enjoyed, but, you know, we're pretty critical of them. And I figured it might be a good opportunity just to take the, uh, you know, the entirety of one podcast to just kind of clear the air on what we don't like, what we think is subpar or, you know, was uh, not great uh, as compared to the source material, that kind of thing, um, and just talk about it so that, you know, our, our stance is clear and so it's understood when uh, we're, you know, hating on uh, something uh, that you might think is uh, entertaining or enjoyable or a classic and we think it's absolute uh, doo-doo. So... <laughs> Um, one thing I wanted to uh, put out as a disclaimer, um, in our group of three here, when we're talking about these things, I want to kind of give people clarity uh, that 
two gentlemen that I'm talking with right now um, are both much better at diving deep into the nitty gritty of character development and dialogue and setting the scene and things like that. I tend to be more of like a you know accepted at face value guy, but I will say some of these I am passionately critical about. Um, so uh, you're going to hear each one of us weigh in. Um, the other thing I wanted to clear the air on before we really launch in is we're not just talking about box office bombs or anything that's kind of just generally accepted to be bad. Um, I will say I actually pulled up the biggest box office bombs in history, and uh, I actually am shocked that some of them made the list. Uh, did you guys know that... Um, Fight Club? Are you going to say Fight Club? <laughs> King Arthur, Legend of the Sword is in the yes. biggest bombs of all time. I like that movie a lot, but I also yeah. really like Guy Ritchie, and I like the way he I, films things, and I like Charlie and I get, but I get where at first, first watch, people might be like, what is this? Because it's a lot. But, I, like, man, I thought it was good. I thought I it was think, objectively good. I think what they've what's been going on is established properties like that, like Robin Hood, King Arthur, they just don't have that box office weight anymore because there's been so many versions of it that so people, people are kind of, kind of like, I don't give a shit about this. Also those kinds of old style heroes that like, you know, uh, the three of us are still really into a lot of people have, have replaced them with Batman, Superman, Captain America, Superpowers, stuff like sure. that. And so they're way more interested in that mythology. And I think that's why Guy Ritchie tried to kind of modernize the King Arthur legend to be like, Oh look, he was like the first superhero kind of thing. And he was right. set up the first superhero team and they were going to try to do like that, you know, King Arthur setting up the round table thing and it just I don't know I, I would have liked to have seen where it went but yeah anyway yeah that one was a, a big disappointment to see on that list because you know when I think like I'm a huge King Arthur buff classical literature guy over here but did I show you, know, you guys that movie I thought sorry real quick did I show you guys that um Gawain the Green Knight like horror movie that's coming out that trailer yeah, for that? yeah, yeah it looks interesting that one with the trailer, I right? am excited about that that looks really good looks really intriguing yeah and, and I, like i'm a big king arthur buff i i like things told the classical way um but man i thought that movie was riveting the whole way through i thought it was entertaining even with the uh the kind of the supernatural uh powers aspect to it highly recommended if you haven't seen it disappointed to see that it was on the big uh biggest box office bombs list but it's not going to be the kind of movie that we discuss here because um i think we're universally in agreement uh between the three of us that it was actually uh, a good movie um uh, however, you know, there are some movies that were box office successes or made a lot of money um, or just about, um, you know, a story that is just, you know, kind of like beloved all around. Um, and therefore, they just don't receive the same kind of criticism or at least they or you know, they might, but, you know, not from everyone. I think some people just accept them as part of, you know, the bigger overarching story. And uh, we just don't do that here. We will uh, call a movie. Uh, for what it is and uh, like I'll give you a perfect example the Hobbit series I think it just kind of gets lumped into Lord of the Rings but I want to um, I don't know. assert here that I feel like it should be separated and uh, all copies should be burned uh, because the Hobbit movies were terrible everything except uh, for that one scene with Martin Freeman and uh, uh, well it's two scenes name? it's it's his riddle uh, riddles in the dark scene with uh, Smeagol and then it's his uh, talk with the his talk with the dragon were yeah. both perfect to the, the book. riddle scene. I still rewatch on YouTube sometimes because I just it's, it's exactly how I imagined yeah. it. It's like exactly yes. perfect. I don't even know yeah. how they messed up the rest of the series with how good and his that cast, was. And his casting was perfect. Martin Freeman, I thought was a great choice. He's for, so for good too. Oh, God damn it. Yeah. yeah, they really and ruined it. It's so frustrating because 
If you like, honestly, I would have enjoyed it more if you had just taken that scene, taken the scene with Smog, lumped those into kind of like a, a short film, like little teasers for what could have been a Hobbit movie, and I would have accepted that for more entertaining than um, the rest of the movies combined because yeah. they are so far from the source material. I've, I've read that Hobbit book, uh, you know, cover to cover, six or seven times in my life, and it is such a good read, such a good story, and Genuinely, there was enough. One of the best pieces of literature ever. Right, and it, and it was. It, it, I would say it's it's easier to read than the actual Lord of the Rings books, mm-hmm. and the story is so good as a standalone story that I just think it would have made one of the most epic single movies ever. Their mistake, obviously, and a lot of people are aware of this, is they decided to go three movies, and yeah, you know they they stretched out their storyline, and then all of a sudden the source material just you know didn't have enough, or you know some of it just. I don't know if it just didn't pull well for the the filmmakers, but how about man, this? did they get off topic? And it was just crazy to me how much they managed to twist a story that just told itself. How it about crazy. this? I did not want to watch a bunch of old men doing ninja fights. I wanted to watch two wizards use a bunch of magic against the <laughs> the necromancer. Why did you sh- Why did you Terrible. turn Christopher Lee and get and Ian McKellen into ninjas and have them like spinning yeah. around kicking people in the face and shit just use right. magic I don't understand they can just be old staff. men yeah what are you doing seriously it was so ridiculous. stupid also we got way off topic and are now already ripping a movie apart so I don't know if you want right. to just well, that's, dive in that's the whole point of this is to get, kind of get this out and you know and you know, going forward I don't think we're going to be able to stop taking jabs but at the same time at least there will be some context but yeah that's, that's the kind of thing and we can come, circle back to The Hobbit but um, I kind of uh, lumped some of these into different categories. What I thought I would do is just kind of bounce each uh, category off you guys and the movies that I listed within them. If you guys have any others that you feel kind of fit into one of these um, four categories, um, I'm then absolutely throw it out. But otherwise, uh, we're going to jump right in. Uh, the four categories are... Wait, real quick, Brian. Uh, I'm going to... Oh. I'm going to... I mean, I'm probably just joking, but I'm going to download some sound bites that are like round one, ding, ding, <laughs> like a boxing match and just let them fight shit like that. And just like how us yeah. just tear shit apart. Also, so I might play uh murder train around in the background. That song from how I met your mother. Absolutely. We're going to tear these up. So, um, the four categories just to read them off um what i thought we might do is at least start with a little bit of positivity um we're going to touch on it for just a minute because we're going to get right into the uh i can't believe they made this categories um and uh you know kind of go around so uh the four categories starting off with um box office bombs that were objectively good i already let off with king arthur legend of the sword um i got another one in there that i thought might be kind of fun uh, but that's going to be real quick, and we're going to jump right into uh, just flat-out offensive. Uh, like, the movie shouldn't have been made in the way that it was. It's, it, you know, it's something that, um, you know, should be boycotted, uh, you know, until the last day of Earth. <laughs> um, and then from there, um, you know, I want to get into uh, the actual disappointments, which is going to be the biggest category we talk about where we dive into ones where, you know, we all just agree um, – they're terrible. Um, there's quite a few in that category, and, and there's a lot that are really popular um, pieces of you know modern uh, pop culture. So uh, we'll spend some time there. And then the last one is just a couple that I think are a little bit more subjective, and I'm just going to get your guys' thoughts. Um, some stuff with superheroes in there, so uh, that will be a fun one to wrap it up with. Um, but uh, we can go ahead and get started with round one if that works for you guys. You guys ready? Yeah. Yep. Perfect. So I had one other movie um, that was a – certified 
box office bomb that, in my opinion, is objectively good. Objectively being, it's not an opinion. I guess an opinion is not really making much sense here, but I think the movie was objectively good. Uh, Around the World in 80 Days was a box office bomb. Tyler, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you're talking about Jackie Chan after his his flame, uh, his light has started to fade in Hollywood a little bit. Not that people stopped liking him, but he just wasn't the box office draw that he was because he'd come out with Rush Hour, and then that was good, and then Rush Hour 2, and then he came out with essentially a remake, but with a white cop in Shanghai Noon, and, you know, Owen Wilson, and then people like that, and I maintain that those are good movies, but then they came out with Shanghai Nights, and I think people kind of started to take him as gimmicky, so his star had sort of started to fade a little bit, and um, I forget the guy's name, uh, but he was on the Alan Partridge podcast project on hbo gosh darn it what's his name whatever that actor steve coogan there it is i got it um he's the main character he plays uh phineas fogg right yep that's right phineas fogg um phineas and he's like a big british actor and i think that they were trying to bring him into the u.s you know they were trying to kind of push him up and make him like this big american success and i don't think that it really he had that carryover power. And then also you're talking about, again, an established property from the 1800s that was very popular among literature people, but not really a draw to people who don't read a lot, right? Especially in this day and age. And you made it a outright comedy. And, you know, and uh, again, I also don't even remember that movie being marketed at all. Do you guys remember commercials for it? Like I, I didn't even know back in 2004. I remember commercials. I remember one of the things that they featured at the end of each of the commercials was like Arnold Schwarzenegger's role in the film, even though like he's such a small part no, of it. Don't harm the statue. Like I remember me. the trailer ending with like Arnold Schwarzenegger like smiling on the throne, like oh we've got Schwarzenegger, and everyone's like who gives a shit? Um, yeah, it's. I think um, I love that movie, but I think that you and you are the three of us only love that movie because we took a road trip to Utah where that was the only movie we brought. So we watched it like 10 times in like a three day period or something stupid. And I think after a while, it's the same reason that like year one, everybody, you talk to anybody, they're like, year one, that movie's terrible. But it's like literally the only movie we quote to each other. We yes, watch, you watch year one, underrated film, like the most underrated film. Watch it if you're listening right now. <laughs> Actually, just stop listening and go watch year one. It is that funny. <laughs> it is. It's very funny, but it's also only funny to us because we decided one day that it was <laughs> funny and now we have that like kind of association in our heads, right? I think a lot of people watch. I tried to watch Around the World in 80 Days with Kelly thinking, oh, here's this like hidden gem. And I'm pretty sure she fell asleep both times I tried to play it. And it was like not at night. It was, you know, it's just one of those movies I think that maybe we have like a very close association with, which I'm sure anybody who listens to this can like associate. Like maybe that's another episode. It's kind of like a what movie do you think is great that everybody tells you is bad, you know, because I have a few of those. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that one, that one is, is, I mean, you don't watch it for the, uh, you know, to get a good cry in. You don't watch it to go, wow, that plot, you know, that twist ending blew my mind. You, watch, you just watch it because it's funny and it's Jackie Chan doing some pretty incredible stunts. And, oh, I love um, so much. He's and it's a fun little adventure story. Um, but I, I was disappointed to see it on that list. But um, Real quick, I Jeff, also want to say, if, if, when you're talking about box office bombs, you have to consider how much it costs to make 
and then how much mark they put into marketing. So I don't know what the budget is on that film, but uh, it cost 110 to make, and they lost 100 million dollars. Oh, it only made 10 million. <laughs> oh, that's a that's adjusted. It's adjusted for inflation. Yeah, <laughs> okay. see, the numbers are kind of skewed on this chart, but it didn't do good. <laughs> well, okay, so usually. If they spend 110 uh, to make the film, the the general rule of thumb on marketing is they spend equal amounts to market the film, right? So if it costs 110 to make, you spend 110 on advertising, right? So they they spend 110 on the movie, they spend 110 on advertising. That means that they're in the whole 220 million dollars on that movie, which means that movie has to make at least that much to become profitable. So if it only makes 110 million then that's a box office bomb that's a reason that's the reason that like justice league which is a movie i'm going to bring up later like it was like a 280 million dollar movie before they brought in for the reshoots so who even knows what the budget blew out to since apparently they reshot 80 percent of that film or something like that and then they spend equal amounts on advertising so you're talking about a 600 million dollar deficit that that movie has to make up so even though that movie made 700 million dollars it should have been more profitable does that make sense yeah and we we don't need to get too far into the the financial side of it but you know it was just crazy to hear that movie which i could sit down and watch you know once a year and get a good laugh out of you know is is uh you know considered a bomb because objectively funny movie so Um, so i think one of the things that i'd bring up though is is also you have to keep in mind that a lot of these films kind of get slated at the same time like i just googled when around the world 80 days came out in theaters and what films were around that time and it came out came out in june of 2004 and in june 2004 you had harry potter and the prisoner of azkaban the notebook white chicks and spider-man 2 and and dodgeball and dodgeball all in that month that's a good summer um, so it just got smothered. Yeah. Wait, Spider-Man two. When did Spider-Man come out? Come what in relation? What week? I, I don't know what week, uh, but I'm just gonna assume that they were all playing around the same time. Well, I think that Spider-Man two was like a like a November release, like one of the Christmas holiday type Maybe. movies. You know what I mean? Um, but anyway, or a December release. Cool. Let's remember. let's keep moving here. That's uh that's that's one I just wanted to kind of fight for uh for that film because it's uh, better than that portrays um let's dive into another one i think it's gonna be real quick i don't want to spend more than you know five minutes on this uh but it's our just offensive category and i will say uh, both of the movies that i wrote down uh are uh based on egyptian culture and i think you know which ones i'm about to dive into but if you guys have any others just throw them out as as one to shame one of them (laughs) briefly but i will say um the two movies that are just flat out offensive and should not be watched should be avoided um just on premise uh Exodus, Gods and Kings, 2014, and Gods of Egypt, 2016. Wait, wait, what wait, the wait. hell were they so thinking? You didn't like Exodus? Because I actually recently was like, oh, I kind of want to watch this. I mean, the, the, the main reason I didn't watch it was because Ridley Scott tends to make really long movies. But I'm actually blown away that you don't love that movie, Brian, because it is I don't. a Ridley it's Scott offensive. war movie. And you love it's, his war movies. Yes, that is true. But at the same time, like it just blew my mind that as recently as 2014, we were still casting, you know, roles with just White. whitewashing. Yeah, yeah White it's actors like the as worst. Objectively African people. <laughs> yeah, you got Joel Edgerton, like the whitest actor on planet Earth, playing Ramses. Yeah, 
really like, dumb. And Christian Bale. Like what? It's, it's <laughs> like as a I'm a I'm a white guy, and that is offensive. Like I can't I literally can't watch it without cringing because I'm looking at this dude. Oh, uh, and they have the guy uh, who's the bad guy in um in Ready Player One. What's that dude's name? Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, that guy is. <laughs> like he plays an covered, covered in bronze paint <laughs> the whole movie <laughs> in order to make him look darker it's horrifying it is it is hard to watch i'm not saying christian bale is a bad actor he's an incredible actor All three of those i'm not saying the storyline is bad All three of it's a it's a great. it's a riveting storyline regardless of what side of the aisle you said on in regards to religion i'm just saying it is unwatchable due to the fact that they cast those roles for all white guys like the messaging there is is cringeworthy it's awful and the fact that it's not a movie from the 1970s makes it so, your 60s or 50s worse, makes it inexcusable yeah. so yeah. egypt, That's egypt the, reason I watch it. the country has asked for other nations to ban exodus gods and king for its historical yeah. inaccuracy and christian bale who's just an asshole if you guys don't know this um had, when he was when he was told uh, that you know about the the backfire the film was getting, he just turned to the critics and was like, "Just get a fucking life." <laughs> and it's just like that is yeah. Not the we got to get a sound bit in here. We should pause for three seconds to get a sound bit of here. Him just screaming at that lighting yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> Mick G, Mick G, this is how you amateur. run your set. <laughs> amateur man. Yeah. All right. Why so anyway, are you in my eye line? Why are you moving up from that one? That's absolutely offensive. Um, and in keeping with that, same thing. Gods and Kings is no, a bunch gods of, of Egypt. Uh, gods of yeah, there you go. I wanted gods to skip to this one the whole time because I have not seen Exodus, uh, and I still kind of want to watch it. But I'm the kind of guy that is like, oh, gods that are just like blasting each other and kicking each other's butts all, all movie. Like I'm, I'm down for it, but like. This We're looking movie at, was so confusing. Did you guys watch yeah. it? Oh yes, my god, I have no yeah. idea what it happened. It is so bad. It so, is so bad. I started like your main character in Egypt running around is a blonde guy, Jamie Lannister from <laughs> Game of Thrones, and the gods, like the god, like the powerful dude. I don't know if it's Anubis or what, but it's uh, Gerard Butler, <laughs> like Scottish, Scottish accent, just raging. <laughs> yeah, and like the the main guy, Osiris, is isn't it Dumbledore? <laughs> No, it was uh, Jeffrey Rush. Is uh, Jeffrey Rush? That's who. It's Barbosa. Yeah, it's it's Barbosa. When, by the time he gets into the movie and he's just like on a flaming chariot in the sky and they're talking about philosophical ideals, I was just like openly laughing. I just like yes. I have no idea what's going on. How did we I had get my to head this in, point? I had my head in my hands because <laughs> I was kind of blocking one eye, like because half of my body was like, I'm offending people everywhere by allowing myself to like view this but at the same time i can't look away it's so bad how did that movie get made i genuinely don't offensive. understand if someone highly has to offensive. be in prison it had to have been like some sort of money laundering scheme i'm sorry but there's no other way i don't it doesn't make any sense who the fuck was like here's my pitch you know how everybody loves transformers what if the egyptian gods are transformers now and then they just fought each other like that's literally what it is they turn and what if we egyptian just put mythology. a bunch of white guys in those roles like it's yeah, awful it's it's, it's, so, it's so bad well, and then chadwick boseman rest in peace he's in that movie for some reason he just i've totally as, about him <laughs> as like the god of death or something it's just like they go to him he's wearing a bunch of makeup and a crazy hat i just i don't 
and <laughs> I don't know what was going so on. Bad. The whole time that that movie was, I was watching it, and I honestly should watch it again and see if I can make sense of it because I just was like, no I way. genuinely Take cannot understand Take. what is happening. I watched, Take my eyes. I will never watch that again. I will say for one thing, that movie did not bore me at all. I was so enthralled by every single moment yeah. of it. I could not I, look yeah. away. I they introduced the next they introduced the next like totally Western culture white god and I'm like, Oh god, they did it again. <laughs> Dude, I was so confused. Make I still stop. I still like if you put a gun to my head and a gun to my balls and asked me to tell you the plot of that movie, I would definitely be dead and dickless. Like I have no fucking idea what that movie was about. I still can't tell you. All right, let's uh, let's pivot and dive into the bigger categories here because we're gonna have some stuff to dive into. Can I, can, and, for just one uh, second, I don't want to run out of time. Back on Exodus, I thought it was on Gods and Kings, but apparently it was actually Ridley Scott on Exodus, which this was probably one of my least favorite quotes I've ever heard in my life. But Ridley Scott, when asked about his whitewashing of the film, said this exact quote, I can't mount a film of this budget where I have to rely on tax rebates in Spain and say that my lead actor is Mohammed so-and-so from such-and-such. It's just not a, not going to get financed, so the question doesn't even come up. Like, just the Oof. concept that he has to hire big-name actors in order to make the I mean, movie financeable. He's not wrong, but he shouldn't use that as an excuse. Right. I mean, like, yeah, that's true, but that speaks. That's more of a indictment of Hollywood, and he shouldn't use that as a defense for himself. It's like, well, then try to change it, Ridley Scott. You're one of the most like you can get any movie made right. just off your, or at least alone. bring that to someone's they, attention. They are still making alien movies just because Ridley Scott is attached to them. I'm sorry, I stopped watching them after Prometheus, and like, I have no interest in going back. So I don't. But like, they're still getting made. So. Anyway, uh, Brian, what's next? Yep, we're going to dive right into the uh, the big category here because I think it's going to soak up a lot of the time. And honestly, the next two categories are going to get us all jab- jabbing. So yeah, we might uh, we're going go to go this episode. I'm gonna be we're going to go into the actual disappointments category. And I'm just going to name them all, uh, the ones that I have written down. Um, well, and then been, we're going to just kind of I've been writing a dive list right. as I've been reminded today. Too, so. Yep, yep. So so I'm just going to name them, and we'll just start from the beginning. Uh, the ones I have written down, Game of Thrones, The Hobbit series. We mentioned it last week, Aragon. We also mentioned it last week, Artemis Fowl. And I, I threw down Transformers. I don't, I don't know. I think maybe that one is something that you could just take as face value is robots beating up on robots and something that maybe people enjoy that wasn't a total loss. I just remember watching the last one and being like, wow, this is like three and a half hours of terrible storyline with a lot of plot I don't think we holes. need to jump into the Transformers movies. People know how bad those movies are. Excuse me. Yeah, I, and you go there to watch robots punching robots. I've so seen every single one of them, and uh, you know, I definitely after Transformers: Dark of the Moon, unironically posted on Facebook, Transformers: Dark of the Moon is the best movie ever made, because that's how I felt at the time. So I am a Transformers person. I like them because they're really dumb, and I love the special effects of robots fighting. But the final movie, Brian and I actually went and saw in theaters together, and Brian fell asleep at one point. I looked over at him and was like, eh, I'm not going to wake him up. He's really not missing anything. <laughs> and I just let him sleep through like a, an hour of the movie because the robots didn't transform. They didn't really fight that much. Like it really was about Mark Wahlberg trying to find Excalibur in a spaceship. I don't, it didn't really make any sense. So yeah terrible we, we don't we don't need to kill it let's let's just dive right into game of thrones i feel like this thing needs to get beat say, up a bunch uh, get it out of our system your, your list is missing 
Avatar The Last Airbender, which honestly could have been on the previous. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to get into it because I got into it last time. But it could also fit in the previous category. Brian, I know you just finished Avatar The Last Airbender. Super offensive. If you just Google the casting, you're going to be offended. M. Night Shyamalan, I'll just say this, mispronounces Aang's name throughout the entire film. As, he chose as, to. He yeah, chose to change he was like, no, no. what he thought was a more Asian-sounding name. <laughs> yeah, so they call him Ong the whole film. And, and it's a white guy. And it's, and it's a white dude. <laughs> um, the part that I think what – real quick, to jump into Avatar, now that we've all watched it, there's two major things because I do have to say something because it does upset me. I think about it a lot. The bending is terrible. The firebenders don't produce fire. They have to have these big pots of fire next to them to to use the fire all the time, which is stupid. Um, the earthbenders th- like are throwing pebbles and like at the speed of like a car that's rolling downhill with no accelerator. I don't know. That's a bad metaphor, but like literally, like imagine a stone rolling downhill. That's how fast they can throw a rock. It's ridiculous. Um, the 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 one thing that I will give him credit for is that he he kind of tried to think out what the world would look like instead of making it an all Asian world he tried to be like okay the eight like the earth bending kingdom they're Asian the fire bending kingdom they're Middle Eastern the water bending people are all white like okay I get it to an extent but but why yeah <laughs> like, just make them Asian no one Who asked gives you to- a shit like dude like yeah the world already existed it wasn't for him to build yeah I, I think it was interesting an interesting idea that he was trying to do i just don't think it worked and it felt weird the whole time um so yeah that's that's the main thing also avatar really like something like that is just so in-depth you i just don't think a movie is really possible if that makes sense like i just don't think you can do an avatar movie i think it has to be uh, a, a television show so um all right brian you wanted to jump into game of thrones let's just jump in game of thrones has to get bashed right now i'm sorry man i keep taking shots at it and i gotta get this out of my system a little bit so maybe i can dial that back going forward but um big um middle finger to um god help me with their names i'm starting to blank on this David. whole series because it's just been scoured from my brain uh, benioff benioff and uh weiss weiss yes what the hell, guys? Uh, hopefully, someday we catch fire, go viral with this, so that you can hear my voice right now. Uh, big fuck you uh, for ruining what I thought was going to be the absolute uh, masterpiece of TV shows. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I was with you guys all the way through season seven, which I think is longer than a lot of diehards who were hating on you after season five. Um, I understand uh, George R. R. Martin, uh, you know, didn't write fast enough, and uh, we can dive onto that guy. Um, you know, and being King Procrastinator, uh, all we want. Uh, but seriously, guys, do better. Um, hopefully, you know, if you guys ever get another opportunity, uh, you put a little bit more, you know, kind of passion into closing it outright uh, properly because, man, was season eight just an absolute, you know, eyesore. Um, I, it's been over a year now, and I am still just absolutely crushed. Um, and I have refused to even go anywhere near a rewatch or diving into anything. I used to watch the lore all the time, all the YouTube videos, and I have not touched anything Game of Thrones related since uh, the finale. Um, but, you know, I think you can go on the internet and find all the different plot holes and stuff, but just in general, what the hell? 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, Jeffrey and I, I think, dropped off around the same time. Uh, or not dropped off, but like kind of started to feel soured on the show around the same time, which was right around season five. What? Wait, what? Actually, what was the season where it ended? Eight. Season eight? Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, I made it through probably into early season six and was just like, hmm. Nope, not really loving this anymore. Like, I just didn't really feel like it was working for me. And then, excuse me, all the way up into season seven, I was just like, oh, man, this really isn't doing it for me anymore. I don't know what, but like, I loved this show. I remember during the first season watching it and then coming home from college and being like, have you guys watched Game of Thrones? And you guys are like, no, what is that? And sitting you down and we just binged watch the whole first season together in like a two day period. I remember doing that and like we after that the three of us like it was all we talked about for a period of time and for you to like like you said like the only way that we have talked about game of thrones since the finale has been in this context just how anger, bad we were rage about anger it. rage i i got all of my roommates in college into it i i watched and rewatched and rewatched every season my wife got into it uh, you know, everything was just like just super geared towards Game of Thrones household. Like, man, this is amazing. I mean, to be honest with you, there's there's stuff that I see now on Reddit and other forums and stuff where they're picking holes and stuff that I'm like, wow, I, I had my blinders on because I was so happy with it that I let it go so long without questioning it or being upset with anything. And really, it, it could have ended that way. As long as they gave us a season eight that made sense um, where, you know, you know, I pointed out to these guys like 50 times, but, you know, just in very um you know character development 101 when you've got Daenerys and she's spending the entire uh, show saying I will not be like my father I will be different we can be different than our forefathers and then she just gets on a dragon and roasts everybody when she gets upset it's just like what was the messaging there like there's just it doesn't make any sense like from a character development standpoint and those guys should be uh you know uh, roasted by put a on dragon. trial for that <laughs> um yeah let's get a dragon out here um I think that that character development is actually interesting if you give it to us. The thing is, with Daenerys, yeah. it's such a subtle develop. Like, if you go back and rewatch it, you're like, okay, I can see it coming. But it's such a subtle development that when she does do it, it seems like a full-on flip switch. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like a su- like a distinct, like, she's getting angry, she's getting angry, she's getting angry. Okay, now, it's just like, it's very subtle, and she seems like she knows when she's doing something wrong. And then all of a sudden, she's just like, nope burn them all okay. and it's just like sure. okay this is ridiculous yeah well and then the white walkers look at all the different times where it shows the symbols of the white walkers and you're like what are these mysterious symbols like where do these dudes come from like in the, and they spend so much time like focusing even in the last season when they're they're marching south of the wall and they show like the like the like the swirling symbol of bodies like pinned to the wall like they're still alluding to their symbolism and then what Nothing. We don't like, ever. Know. Arya throws a little underhand shank, and it's over with no answers. And you're just sitting there holding the bag, like, dude, I I just spent years of my life obsessing over this, and you gave me nothing to show for it. I also gotta the, be honest. You pointed out that oh, sorry, moment of Arya dropping the knife to stab the Night King was not dramatic. It, it felt really. No. It felt it was, really it fucking dumb. I was like, it was way overplayed. Me? It was, it was the moment. It was the moment where my stomach dropped out because to be honest with you, when I, up until that episode, I was still making excuses. I was just like, okay, the first episode was a little bit slow. They're just building it up. Second episode, still a little bit slow. They're kind of giving you the last little, you know, scenes of them all sitting around the fire and kind of, you know, almost in a way saying their goodbyes to the fans because we're about to lose like a, a, like a lot of people. Yeah. And then, and then episode three, 
like I'm gonna level with you, man. It it took me until after the episode to really realize the stupid stuff like the the Dothraki army outside of the walls when the walls was your only chance, you know, keeping them off of you. And instead they go and meet them out in an open field. And I was just like, oh my god, like that strategy makes no sense. But in to be the honest dark. with you, the visual <laughs> right, the visual appeal of the torches lighting up and them all like charging and the the you know the dire wolf running with them. I was just like, all right, this is kind of awesome. Yeah, it looks cool. Like let's let's see what happens. And then they're all gone in thirty seconds. And then everyone starts getting swarmed. I'm like, okay, like I'm, I'm just going to accept it because there's going to be some epic Game of Thrones style. We're losing all our characters in a shocking way, you know, scene. But then they all survive. <laughs> and like, I was almost uh, like, well, I love these guys, but kill them. <laughs> this is also, ridiculous. Like the meme I sent you guys the other day about the uh, Valerian steel swords that they hyped up for yeah. eight fucking seasons, how important they were. And like, yeah. getting and they them made sure they have them all their hands. Yeah, get, yeah, and they're like, all there and ready to go, and then nothing, they nothing. Even the only person who had anything interesting was was the Valerian steel dagger that they gave to Arya. Were they just setting up the Valerian steel swords so that you didn't know who was going to be the person to kill the Night's King? Is that why they set it up? Like, I don't understand. And how it ridiculous is that? How much time they spent on that that topic just for it to be like. Oh yeah, Valyrian dagger. Got it. Well, and you establishing I mean? like, the hatred between John and the Night King, like building that up, oh, and then to just do nothing with it is so God. like that was the moment that I was like, God. "Fuck this fucking show! I'm fucking done. Yeah. I hate this shit." Yeah, I can remember when Arya at the end, like all of a sudden you hear like the you know her like jump, and like she's doing a little flying thing, and then he catches her by the neck, and I'm like, "Wait, wait, wait, what?" I wish I'd recorded my real own reaction at the time because I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, what are you doing? And then like she stabs him, and I was just like, oh no, 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 no. Well, that no. whole time I was like, okay, no. how is John gonna get from this dragon to the Night King? Like, how is it gonna happen? Right. And then it right. did it. Then I was just like, wait. No, you. I'm yeah, sorry. I was so upset, dude. <laughs> what is going year on? after year of just reading all the theories, and it was all leading oh. to John and him fighting. And then all they did was tease them in an open field where the guys just like sitting there, like looking at him, like come at me, bro. But then he just like puts a bunch of dead guys in between them and runs off and i was just like people were at my house and i did not say bye to any of them after this i was like i gotta go into my room i gotta go process what just happened i'm very upset (laughs) even in movies that i thought were were terrible i've never been like feel like felt so personally affronted like i like i can't believe that you produced this in this way like that was so offensively bad that like i'm like physically affected Jeff, I feel like I was we've like, been boxing you out. Do you have thoughts? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, biggest complaint here for me is I don't really understand why Jon Snow had to be resurrected. Like, I don't understand. Right, what was the point? Did the Lord of Light bring <laughs> Jon Snow back to life to, you know, fight run, run from a dragon? Yeah, fight Ramsay. And, like, I'm trying to think, did Jon Snow help Daenerys get to King's Landing? Would, would Daenerys have gone to King's Landing in the same way and the same result would have happened like I'm curious oh. if Jon Snow somehow like if, but then the Lord of Light was like ah oh, let's just go fuck with the dragon bitch like um I don't know I, it just it doesn't make any sense there was just so many things that were spent so much time on that they just literally were like like I'm, I'm I'm picturing them sitting in a room kind of scripting out that last season and they have all these pieces of papers with all like potentially good ways to wrap it up and then they were like hmm now nah, we can wrap it up in six episodes or whatever they did you know cut their season way down and then they just throw all those good endings away and grab the one that's just the shortest I, I will say I, I mentioned this to Brian a couple I don't want to say weeks ago um, 
I think one of the things that's most insulting, one of the things kind of like Brian, I kind of forgave them as it was happening, but with each episode that they came out, people just noticed stupid fucking mistakes that like a rookie filmmaker would make. Like, oh, there's a Starbucks cup, or there's a water that bottle. And, and at first I was like... the most television show ever. Yeah. The most and expensive I, television show ever. And then you're going to leave trash in the scene? I saw, Are you I saw, goddamn kidding me? I saw a picture. Modern trash. I saw a not picture. just trash. Modern trash. I saw a picture, and I, I told it to Brian, where it was like a picture of Lord of the Rings, and it was the Council of Rivendell. And it was like, oh, if you notice at the Council of Rivendell, if you look at the actor's feet, you will see no water bottles because the filmmakers <laughs> actually gave a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I just so I frustrating, can't dude. believe how much each one of those episodes costs and how much production design goes into it and that someone yep. noticed a fucking Starbucks cup. And it's then the so water bottle is two like, in a row. The fact that it it happened like, twice, dude, yeah. Like, how, like do you, how, did, how did the Starbucks one happen and then you not like go in before the release of the next episodes and scour every scene frame by frame to make sure it didn't happen twice? Oh, someone definitely lost their job like, and is never going to be in film again. They're working as an accountant so somewhere bad. or something. So bad. So you, you PSA to everyone listening, um, you know, or eventually listening. Uh, if you, like us, were deeply involved with the Game of Thrones lore and background and fandom and you were personally slighted, call 1-8. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, reach out to us on Twitter. Reach out to us, complain. Suicide hotline rage, number is rage. We like against to the talk dying about of the light. It. Obviously, we are very upset about the way that they handled that film. Rage, that, not that let film, the rage, show. let the rage and hate flow through you. Yeah, and never let it go because that was a slight that should you know be complained about for the next 20, 30 years unless they decide to go back and redo about a season and a half. So um, let's jump into the next one, Game of Thrones. Uh, I got that out of my system a little bit. You'll probably still hear me taking jabs, but uh, moving on, Hobbit series. Tyler, I'm just going to go ahead and let you take it away. Lord of the Rings was a turning point in my life. I Watching Fellowship of the Ring, I think same for Brian. After we went and saw that, we were like, what is this? Like, what? how did I not know that this existed? Went to the bookstore in our, in our hometown that day and bought the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And Brian and I just started passing books back and forth to each other and just read, read The Hobbit, read all of the trilogy. And um, it became like an obsession. I read all of the Silmarillion. I read all the books of Lost Tales. I bought a book on how to re read and write and speak Elvish. Like I was a big, big time obsessed. Like it became like my obsession was Lord of the Rings. Like I love it so much. Those movies I maintain are some of the best movies ever made. I still watch the extended editions every year alone. Nobody, whenever Kelly's out of town, I watch them. That's what I do. I love them so much. And then... The Hobbit is released and I am my heart is broken like I I I just don't I don't how 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 I don't understand how they came how this happened it no I do know I actually do know New Line Cinema and Warner Brothers really 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 wanted money they're a company that is very good at bleeding storylines dry I mean we're seeing it right now with Warner Brothers doing it with Harry Potter I mean they're releasing their, the Harry Potter Hobbit trilogy with the fucking, what's it called? Fantastic Beasts, right? Like, it's not great. The The first one's fine, just like The Hobbit. The first one was fine, right? Then the second one was not fine, was not good in my opinion. And they're doing a third one, and I don't understand why. I don't get it. I can, they should just stop while they have a chance. Just stop doing it. I don't understand what they're doing. They're ruining everything. They're making the original movies bad. And that's what I feel 
the hobbit did like it's just they're i don't know i've watched them so many times too hoping to find things that i can like latch on to that like i might like but like they're not good that's it that's all i have to say they're just it's, jeff they frustrate me to no end yeah jeff, respond yeah i mean no it's it's uh you're not gonna hear me defend these films i i literally went and saw the the battle of the five armies in theaters and i was laughing pretty hard when uh thorin was just like walking around on a power trip like when Bil- when uh, uh bilbo walks up to the gate and thorin like like on ecstasy like walks up and puts his ear to the hole like uh oh, address me i was just like what the <laughs> fuck is going on this is so weird is, I'm, yeah, I'm so i'm so confused <laughs> it's like he's got the weirdest personality at that point he like i don't know i was i was laughing so i still laugh every time i think about it and then of course the most anticlimactic fight scene in the history of the fucking world with him fighting on a fucking floating piece of ice and it was just like him and the white white orc are like just balancing for like two solid minutes and i'm like is this what you guys considered good cinema like, can we also quickly fuck? talk about how old orlando bloom looks in, in that movie that's supposed to take place way before lord of the rings i have i have a theory that they did that like waxy filter for all the movies just to try to make orlando bloom look younger than in the lord of the rings movies like they have that kind of like waxy yeah, like it looks weird. Like, oh it's an epic it's an epic in a mythical world but no i really think it was to try to smooth out wrinkles on orlando bloom's face like he's still super good looking <laughs> but he looks so much older than he does in that first lord of the in fellowship like it is crazy yeah. how much older he looks um oh my god the, everything about the the weird elf dwarf love triangle situation is so Dude, frustrating that- hey, i want to apologize on, on behalf of the entire human race to J.R.R. tolkien uh for that love triangle <laughs> that is an affront i hope his his family and his foundation weigh in at some point about how offensive it was for them to write did. in a storyline where the elf is falling in love with the dwarf because that is I read unbelievable to that. me it's so frustrating that they did that and here's the thing peter jackson also went through great pains in the original trilogy to do a lot of practical event effects and use as little cgi as possible right and that means practical right. effects like live at like effects like you know the, an ollie font foot that was actually made of rubber and stomps next to that legolas or something right like they did shit like that to avoid using cgi so that it felt like you were in the battle the orcs with a, a lot of prosthetics on you know what i mean like all kinds of stuff like that right and then in the hobbit they just threw all of that out the window and every orc is cgi for some reason and it speaking of cgi strange. how about the uh, the head of the dwarves uh <laughs> Oh, yeah. is it, Why the fuck is, is Billy Connolly the only one that's CGI? I don't understand <laughs> the only what's going one. on. Like, they just phoned it in. They were like, yeah, I don't feel like putting a mask on this guy. Or but like every other dwarf was, was live action. It looks so weird. Why did they do that? Yeah, and it's just so painfully obvious that it's like, when you guys were in editing, why didn't anyone stop and say, this is kind of weird, right? Like, it, that to me was so confusing, and it took me out of the film when I was so excited oh, about I that was final battle. So I was like, when is this guy CGI? CGI for why can't we just put him in a costume like it would have been less expensive <laughs> I don't know yeah I mean I think it's so I, stupid I, I think like the cake on top if you want to stop talking if you want to wrap it up with the, with the Hobbit the fact that they made Sir Ian McKellen cry on set where he's like in, in the kitchen scene of the first film I don't know if you got I know I talked about it with someone I think it might have been Greg but um, Ian McKellen literally broke down filming the first Hobbit film 
Because they were doing that stupid uh, tea during uh, during the, the kitchen chi- china during plates the kitchen juggling cleaning crap. scene. He was like supposed to be like singing, clapping along, and he was just like, "I don't want to do this." And they're like, "No, no, you have to." Or like it's in the film, and he like started crying on set. He was like, "What the fuck this are you is... guys doing?" Right, yeah, they were like all kicking the plates to each other and like. Yeah. And he was singing. that was he was, ridiculous, he was alone dude. on set, and he's just like, and they're like, "Oh yeah, like act happy," and he's just like, "This, what is this? Like, where is this in the book? Like, what is wrong?" Oh yeah, he would be alone in the room, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> that's ridiculous like and the other thing was like, like two things i'm gonna throw out i'm gonna make you guys respond to it one um the dwarves that looked like short little rugged handsome humans <laughs> yeah what the fuck gimli they make john rice davies this like weird little monster in the and original trilogies and it looks it great perfect. yeah it's perfect it's exactly what and gimli just sounds like, like in the book all right this guy's gonna be part of a love triangle so people need to believe it we oh, need yeah, to give him like a cut jaw i'm like this guy is a dwarf that spends his life underground <laughs> Like digging and shit. Yeah. Oh. Who, I've never guys? heard of a dwarf described as handsome in any literature. No. Never no, heard no, of a no. handsome dwarf. They are literally like weird, creepy little gremlin men with Right. Ears. And you can't tell the like, difference between their men and their women. And this dude just like looks like a little Fabio. Like, he's so <laughs> handsome. It's insane. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. His brother is like super handsome too. He's They're just got like both... a little bit more bulbous of a nose. So is Thorin. Thorin's good looking too. It's like what yeah, the fuck is and... going on right now? Why is yes. this? Ma- why is this just like a short, handsome man? I don't. Yeah, <laughs> in, a dwarf. in the barrel. And then I'm gonna keep going here. So that one is just like what the fuck. But uh, we'll keep going here because I understand that for some reason they need to uh, play to the heartthrob uh, role, and Legolas was aging out. <laughs> but. Uh, the barrel riding scene yeah. where they're like getting away down the river and their barrels are like suddenly weaponized <laughs> like uh, like jumping off of banks and like taking people out on bridges with their barrels like yeah. it's, it's a bit, uh, that a that bit that one much. i think we don't yeah that one's really overplayed and then um the other thing i had was um just a, a little nitpicky thing that you know i'm just gonna go and throw in because i don't appreciate them ruining one of the greatest books ever uh in the movie adaptation was the white orc floating under the ice in that final battle with thorin in full plate armor that must weigh like a hundred pounds and he's just floating without even kicking his arms or legs just kind of like yeah. licking at him under the ice he's, like he's I'm sitting there he's sitting there with his eyes closed and thorin walks up and he opens his eyes and attacks him i'm like oh yeah the the the, the open the closed eyes is what really sold me on the fact that you're fucking sitting there treading water <laughs> how did he break through that ice and like how did he shoot up through the generate, ice like a dolphin yeah <laughs> I, I mean the other, scene, the other scene there that upset me when i watched it in theaters was legolas on the bridge and the bridge breaks and oh, he yeah. runs up His the falling pieces and it's yeah. like yeah that's not how gravity works like, nope. when you step on something that's going down there's no resistance for you to go upward i don't care how much you weigh no, 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 no. But I want to move past the... Uh, we're going to go long. We're already past an hour right now. Um, but also, I started recording uh, a while in. So, I don't know. Jeff, can you go to Audacity real quick? Tell, we're going to cut this part out. But... It's an hour. Hour and one minute. Oh, okay. So, it's but, the same. But I, I, recorded, I recorded six minutes. In, so, we started at six minutes. So, we're, we're at 50-something minutes. Okay. Brian anyway. was the one that clicked it late. He can tell you more accurate. No, it's fine. We're cutting... We're, I'm going to cut all that out. Um, we're going to move on to, uh, I think, uh, past the Hobbit. Um, I want to talk about some of the stuff that's on my list, and then I think we can wrap up with Brian's Aragon. Because, Jeff, I don't even know. Did you read the books? Of Aragon? No, I read the books of Percy Jackson, though, and that deserves to be talked about, too. 
Yeah, to be honest with you, I probably won't even dive in on Aragon. Like, you know, to all uh, people listening, read the books. Don't watch the movie. Uh, you'll thank me later. It is uh, a good set of books, but the movie is terrible in every way. One more thing I wanted to throw out, uh, just because it's the last thing I'm going to input here. I really don't appreciate the makers of the Harry Potter movies not allowing him to have green eyes. Oh, my um, God. I was talking – I went on a rant about this at work the other day. Someone was like, dude, ridiculous. I'm watching all the Harry Potter movies. They're great. And I was like, no. <laughs> Let's talk about so, this. So I'm not going to dive in too much into the, the movies. I think they're fine. I'm a huge Harry Potter nut for books. Um, probably time for me to reread. But the one thing that I will not allow to get away from this particular uh, podcasting episode um, – they make a huge deal in the books about his green eyes matching his mother's. In the movies, his eyes are blue. His mom's are brown. What's your problem? Yes. Well, in, in the, in the, and yet fi- in the, the final font- film, Lily has green eyes. In, in, in the last film, Lily has green eyes. Oh, so so their eyes change now. That's even worse. But his stay blue. They Magic. never change his eyes. Yeah, that's it's inexcusable. It's almost like forgetting the lightning bolt scar. Oh, and when I'm he sorry. gets his letter from Hogwarts, it's in it's in green which the whole point of it being in green was that it was the color of his eyes like that was the whole point in that first book is they make a big point oh it's the same color as his eyes yeah it's always the same color as your eyes does that mean people with yeah, brown only, eyes no, get like not. shit colored right yeah but other than that those movies were serviceable i'm not going to hate on them too much i just wanted to throw that in there because it popped into my head when i was planning for this episode um Anyway, Tyler, go ahead and throw out, throw out a few. I know we're coming up on time here. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely going a little bit long this episode, but this is a passionate subject. Uh, I'm going to start by saying uh, Breaking Bad is not as good as everybody <laughs> says it is. That's all I have to say. I don't get why everybody loves it, but it's, it's not that good. It's about what if a white man had to deal with what people of color have to deal with all the time and was better at it and all the people of color were bad guys? <laughs> that's that's that whole show. I don't get it. It's really weird to me. It feels very racist. Um, quickly, also, Justice League. I'm not going to leave this open for discussion. I just want to say real quick, if you have a movie with Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, and Cyborg in it, it should be at least feel. It should at least feel epic, and it didn't. Hopefully, they're rectifying that with the new Snyder cut that's coming out. I had really that one helped. written down. I was gonna let you guys kind of weigh in. I just, I think we have to kind of. Hold, we all know what what happened behind the scenes. It's like under investigation now of Joss Whedon being abusive towards actors on set. Like, I it saw seems that. Like a whole, like a whole fucking thing. We have to kind of like. I I feel like everybody's talking about it. I don't have a lot more to add. That any like nothing more interesting than what other people are already talking about. So, um, I'm excited for the Snyder cut. Hopefully, they fix a couple things. But Batman is, is, there, is there an ETA also, on that? Is there an ETA on that? One? Uh, yeah, they have a release date. I think it's in May of 2021 or something. Yeah, it's next year. Well, that's not terrible. Um, while we're on that uh, X Men series, just quick thoughts from each of you. Uh, just weigh in on the overarching series as a whole. X1 and X2 are pretty good. X2 is really good, I think. Um, and then Days of Future Past is really good. X-Men First Class is pretty okay. It's serviceable. Some really good uh, action scenes. And then everything else is absolute garbage. <laughs> Dumpster fire. I'll say, I'll say X3, uh, X-Men 3, uh, Ian McKellen is a little bit of a redeeming factor. I enjoy watching his performance in that film. I like yeah, quoting some of his lines from that film. Um, that moment where he like pulls the the Golden Gate Bridge and flies it to Alcatraz. Well, I awesome. also like I also <laughs> love the moment where like Wolverine's attacks him and Wolverine's like I'm not leaving and he's like Yes, you are. <laughs> he just flicks them. <laughs> <laughs> the dude just goes sailing. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, 
I'll admit, you know, uh, first class is okay. I really like Fassbender and, and uh, McAvoy's um, relationship yeah. and, and their early Magneto Charles representation. Days of Future Fast is incredible. Um, I will say Apocalypse is misguided. Um, <laughs> I, I, I enjoy, I love the X-Men. It's a money grab movie. Grab movie. I love Marvel, um, so wait, I don't wait, hate wait, it quite wait. as much as Tyler Pause does. One second. What did you say, Brian? It's a money grab movie. It's yeah. just another one like the Hobbit movies where it literally plays out like a movie where they try to make it as lucrative as possible, and it's not about doing the storyline justice. I, I will say... You like X-Men more than you like me. I do. Than I, than I do. That's what... And uh, I will say I actually enjoyed... I mean, you can crucify me if you want. I actually enjoyed Dark Phoenix. Um, no, I thought the whole was also. I think it, no! you just are so blinded by your love of Cyclops. I think that's really what it is. You love Cyclops so much that the fact that he's in these movies, Logan, you're like Logan oh. needs to be. Mentioned. And that's why you don't like X Men Three. I'm just now realizing is because he gets killed right at the beginning, and so you don't ever see gonna, Cyclops. You're you also don't like X Men Cyclops, yeah. even though it's movie. all about Wolverine and Jean Grey's bullshit love story. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna tie up that one with the Pretty Little Bow by saying Logan was. Objectively yeah, of amazing. Of course, Logan was, was probably I don't even consider that a part of the X. Ex- Honestly, the Wolverine was also really good. I like that one a lot oh too. Oh my god! So. <laughs> Dude, Tyler, I liked it. Dissenting opinions I here good. because I want to back Dude. up and also say, how dare you insult Breaking Bad? That is a uh, TV show masterpiece. We don't need to dive into it. You're just wrong on that one. No, I know uh, I'm but, wrong. Everybody else on the planet loves it, but I just the, I, the whole time I was watching it, I felt like this. I just was you, uncomfortable with it. The Wolverine hate, is terrible. You hate the Breaking Bad because it's about a white guy doing other cultural things better than they do, and that you like the Wolverine. He's walking around fucking fighting samurai. All drug is that dealing. A cultural thing. <laughs> That's the one with the samurai. Yeah, right? the giant this samurai. is him being fucking Japanese. <laughs> that is like, culturally like horrible. And I understand it's Why? in Wolverine's bullshit backstory, but it's still a bullshit backstory nonetheless. Wait, wait, what? Why is it cultural appropriation? Because it's a white I... dude walking around being better at at uh, Japanese things than the Japanese. He's just better at being. Wolverine. He doesn't ever like speak Japanese to somebody better than them. No. He doesn't correct someone's Logan. language. He doesn't wear a kimono. Like he's not, like, I'm really pretty sure he does wear. wear a kimono in that film. Just to wrap this up, it's it is one of the rare series where one of the last movies in it saved everything. Yeah. Uh, with Logan, because Logan was an, an amazing film and really kind of left me feeling like with a good taste in my mouth which was nice because there's definitely movie after movie there for a while where i was like i don't know if i can get to the theater to watch the next one i can't take anymore and then all of a sudden logan dropped and i was like good job saving that because you know it's definitely something that you know we grew up with and it was nice to uh put a bow on it in a nice fashion but breaking bad is is amazing (laughs) shut up about breaking bad i'm sorry for what he said Um, anyone listening because breaking bad is great and i don't echo his opinions we already said this but artemis fowl is terrible i love those books growing up the movie was just so hard to watch um i got three that i really want to get out and i think that two of them we all have will have comments on um but the first one i'm going to say the last jedi is one of the, i just i was so upset for like so many years after that movie literally up until the rise of skywalker came out and was somehow worse but also better (laughs) that like i was so upset and then i just realized that this new trilogy just wasn't for me because i didn't want to be one of those guys who sat around hating the prequels because for us we grew up with the prequels and i like them i like they're not the best but i like them a lot they're still star wars 
you know, they're worth it to me. And I think that these ones, maybe with time, I'll feel that way. But Star Wars yeah. is a big deal for me. I really love it. And I mean, I'm sitting here with two custom-made lightsabers over my head. Like I love Star Wars very much. And that those two, those last two movies in the sequel trilogy really broke my heart. Like really hurt me. <laughs> I was so upset. Yeah. Honestly, man, like I thought the movies were fine. I was watching as more of a casual viewer um, than like a diehard fan, but. The only thing that I'll throw out that really stuck with me from those that is a criticism is I don't understand why after uh, it's Carrie Fisher right it was Leia. Yeah. I don't understand why after she passed away they finished or like they they blasted her character out of the ship out into space and had kind of like a, a good way to wrap up her storyline and brought her back. and instead they just had her force power herself back into the ship Ugh, in the I, th- it was weird to me it was weird because i was like oh wow that's going to be kind of like a crazy way for her to, to end and like with carrie fisher actually having died um before the release i was like man this is going to be a, a way to send her off and instead also she's like nope never mind i'm still in it and it was like I don't understand that. That was that was unfortunate to me. To me at the, I, like I yeah, thought it I mean, was kind of a, the, a shortcoming. That, that should have shown you right there that the director was just trying to subvert expectations the entire time, and they're just like, oh, yeah, and I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. that's the problem that. that I have with it. Is I'm all for subverting expectations, but don't tell me that you're going to subvert my expectations through the whole movie and then do. I, I, it's like he went onto Reddit and looked at all the fan theories and was like, okay, I'm going to choose that one and I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to choose that one and I'm going to do the opposite. It's the same thing they do with Game one. of Thrones. Yeah. It's, it was it's just, just a weird so moment. It's so frustrating and like the whole movie, like Ryan Johnson is hanging a lantern on the fact that he's going to not do what you want. He's just saying like, let the past die. Kill it if you have to. So he's killing the things that you've been thinking about right. that you think matter and moving on and Luke Skywalker literally going this isn't gonna go the way you think it's like okay super frustrating good job. super frustrating for us. the most part as a casual viewer the, the movies play fine they, they do a good job of making them feel like the older films with I don't know what, like what filter they're using or you know color palette they're using but it definitely has the same oh, feel looks amazing I know, I know yeah, one so. of the most beautiful movies i've ever seen and that's all that's all i got there i watched him super casual i didn't expect a ton i know brian uh, really walked away from the last film really enjoying babu freak's character very funny. very funny i still quote that guy yeah he's funny it's good look, look they're all serviceable i just I, I wanted more from this franchise that means a lot to me same way i feel about justice league batman is one of my favorite fictional characters of all time i have multiple framed batman comics all over my office that i'm sitting in right now and like you're gonna give me a Justice League movie or a Batman v Superman where you misuse the character and it's just frustrating. Like why do just do it right? It's not. It can't be that hard. Like they're very well established. Like universes, just use them right. I don't understand. But that's all I wanted to say about that. Real quick, Suicide Squad has to be one of the biggest letdowns for me of all time. I was so excited based on those trailers. They had like whoever edited those trailers did such a good job it like i was so excited for that movie and then wa- sitting in the theaters and watching that pile of just shit just i can't <laughs> i don't even know how else to describe that movie but like i was literally like brokenhearted it was hurting me like because i was so happy and excited like telling kelly on the way i'm like man i haven't been this excited to see a new movie in a while and then <laughs> sitting there and being just crushed, like my emotions were hurt. And I don't even know why I cared so much. I just think those trailers hit me in this way that I was like, yes, this is going to be really cool. No, no, it's the worst movie. It's so Suicide bad. Squad, like, I, I, I want to say this before you interrupt me. I know I'm going to say something you're going to jump into. It was I actually really enjoyed 
the first half of Suicide Squad. Uh, for me, the movie ends when the helicopter crashes. The first half of the film before the helicopter crashes, I actually still enjoyed that. The opening with the, the Queen song, um, uh, why is it escaping me? Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. And like they like constantly inject music into it and have fun with the entire film. And then the helicopter crashes and it feels like some depressed person took over the direction and it just like there's no music anymore. It gets like stupid, serious and gritty and they're like have oh, yeah. just such forced like character. Yeah, they they had a they had a real chance to uh go like edgy, darker version of Guardians of the Galaxy where you have all these kind of quirky personalities that mesh together and work well, and then they kind of just got weird with it. Well, I, I completely agree. I like that you say that because I'm gonna move on, but I'm gonna say James Gunn the director of Guardians of the Galaxy is taking over the sequel to Suicide Squad and they released that behind the scenes um, like a sizzle reel for the filming yeah. of it and it looks I, I got looks, really excited I watched quirky. it live when they released it on Fandom and I was like this looks great like I'm back in you got me again you motherfuckers I'm on let's do this shit I was so excited while watching that they got me and I'm gonna be crushed again if James Gunn throws some weird pedophile jokes into that movie like he did on his Twitter so we'll see but um okay so I wanted to talk about that and then I have this final one the How I Met Your Mother finale episode I know that all three of us like How I Met Your Mother quite a bit. I love that show. I say it's one of the best shows. Um, that's the last thing I want to talk about real quick. Uh, it's How did you guys feel about that? Jeff, you can go up first, man. I'm rewatching it right now, so I'll have some opinions. That's, that's oh, you're fine. rewatching it? Oh, yeah. I've rewatched it. I rewatched it. I rewatched it recently, I don't know, a couple months ago. Um, I don't know. Like, I'll admit, it didn't end the way that I would have wanted it to. Um, but I didn't like the ending didn't spoil the rest of the show for me. Uh, I, I we've talked about this, you know, at length before, and I understand all of your complaints and they are justified. I, I think the show could have ended differently, but the show didn't upset me um, as much. Like I've seen the fan or the the alternate ending that they released on YouTube. It's so and, much better. And to me, like, the, the difference isn't so drastic that I would have felt better. Like, I don't feel bad about the show in the way that it ended. And I enjoy the alternate ending, but I, it's not like I would have watched that and looked back differently on how it ended and been like, oh, it's such a great show now because they didn't end it the other way. I, I would have, I'd still look back on the show with, with much admiration. Well, I mean, it might have just kind of been nostalgic because we all watched it together, but... It's um, not. It's not Game of Thrones level of disappointing. Exactly. Right? Like it's not that it, it ruined the show, and I don't know if I'll ever go back and rewatch everything. Right. Like I still have rewatched it since it ended, and like I'm okay with it. But I am disappointed. I just feel like they wrote themselves into a into a, a corner. Right. Like they made Ted and Robin love each other too much, and the chemistry of the characters was too good to the fact to the point that. Everybody wanted Ted and Robin to be together. I remember telling you guys before the finale aired, being like, this really is the ballad of Ted and Robin. Like, I don't understand how they're going to make it about someone else. Like, it's really... Well, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but I was going to say, I mean, they, they messed that up super early on by, like, telling the kids, like, oh, it's your Aunt Robin. And, like, they basically establishing, like, in season one that Robin was not the mother of the kids. Episode one. Right, and like that, so they that corner that they wrote themselves into happened so early on that I don't even know if they knew their plan at that point, you know, like, and that's, that was a big mistake on their part because, you know, absolutely, they, they could have done it one of two ways to be a little bit more effective. One would be have Robin, like the story was really 
what happens to Robin because like they could have had her end up with Barney and I would have been happy with that. Like their chemistry was great too, um, which is kind of unique. You don't typically see somebody like with that in with two different characters, but I thought she and Barney were perfect for each other. I would have been totally fine if she had ended up being the mom and like some kind of surprise twist at the end where they hinted that she wasn't or something, but then it ended up being her or something clever. But like, you know, the fact that they introduced like all, all this hype and then introduced a, a different woman who you get to see for a couple episodes and then all of a sudden she dies and then it was right back to him and Robin right at the end. I was kind of like, eh, it's kind of confusing. I will say, didn't ruin the show for me. I'm rewatching it right now. Um, it's still good. It's still really good. Yeah, mainly because it, it's a casual watch and some of the, the humor is just so clever and, and relatable that, uh, you know, I'm okay with it. it. Like, it didn't ruin it. I just wish they had ended it a little different. Also, the way that they talk about relationships in your 20s is exactly what I remember being before I met my wife. You know what I mean? Like, those casual relationships or those, you know, short-term relationships that have a lot of passion or whatever the fuck. They got it all right. Like, that's exactly how I felt. And so I just felt... I feel like it really corresponds, and even the part with Marshall and Lily, like in their relationship when they have tr struggles and they're really mad at each other, and it feels like they're gonna break up and they don't know what they're doing, but then they, you know, they're like, "We're not gonna break up. We love each other." You know what I mean? It's like, well, that now that I'm married, I'm like, yeah, it feels like that sometimes. You know, like I can really apply parts of that. Like they're really honest with their depictions of relationships, and I like that. But I don't like that they introduce Tracy for like this whole series. They're talking about the mother, the mother, the mother. They introduce her for the final season. And in the last episode, they just kill her and put it with Robin again. I'm like, this is that's fucking bullshit. That's a cop yeah, out. Yeah, what was the point? Just make it Robin. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, apparently the show got picked up in the first season, and they really didn't think it was going to go anywhere. They didn't think anyone was going to like it. They just kind of picked it up to fill airtime, to sell ads. And then it became one of the most popular shows on TV. And so they were like, oh, shit. <laughs> now we got to come right. up with a reason. But but that doesn't excuse the fact that when you start episode one, you should have a plan for what your last episode is going to be. So they did. And, I mean, and right around that. So they I don't did know, Brian. You're a big fan of Lost, and they definitely didn't do that. So I mean, Don't like don't the, go there. The film, don't do it. The film creators talk about how they, they constantly, like as, as popular as the show was, they constantly felt like they were going to be canceled. They were constantly waiting to be renewed before creating the script and finishing the next season. So they constantly had Ted set up to have a mother. So each of the people that he dates could have been the mother if the show had been canceled before season nine. So it could have been Zoe, it could have been um, any of the other girls. Elliot? Uh, <laughs> I refuse to call her by whatever her name is in that show. She's just Elliot yeah. from Scrubs. Too. Elliot from Scrubs, yeah. So it could have been any of those girls, but then when the show got you know, renewed, they're like, all right, it can't be her. We have to find a reason for them not to be together. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I, I agree. You know, I I don't mind. Like, uh, one of the things that I enjoy about the show, and this is actually a theory that Neil Patrick Harris himself has endorsed, is that um, a lot of the show is clearly exaggerated from Ted's point of view, so that Barney isn't really that terrible of a person, and that clearly, like, you watch the whole show in the lens that Ted's been in love with Robin, but that's only because Ted was currently in love with Robin from the framework that he was telling the show from, and therefore he probably wasn't, you know, as desperate to be with her throughout the whole time and that he probably was deeply in love with his wife for the time that he was with her but at the point that he's telling the show from he wants to get back together with her because he's older now and lonely yeah I, that's fine but i guess they just didn't set that up in the show and so it just kind of feels like he didn't give a shit about his wife he just married her because he couldn't have robin and then he right. killed her or something <laughs> <laughs> all right cool well i think that that kind of covered all the ones jeff i'm sorry you didn't get to jump in with a lot 
Did you it's have fun. any that you wanted to quickly just list off the titles or anything? Yeah, I mean, like I already mentioned, the two biggest upsets for me, you know, obviously Avatar Last Airbender, but we're getting a new Netflix show. Unfortunately, the creators have dropped off recently, so it's not great we'll news, but I'm still excited for uh, for from what I've seen. And uh, Percy Jackson, but again, I'm, I'm getting a second shot at that with an Amazon TV show. So mm-hmm. I don't have a lot to complain about until those come out and disappoint me even more. And we're getting a Lord of the Rings show on Amazon, too, so maybe they'll redeem the Hobbit. The, uh, the trailer for the new Game of Thrones prequel just dropped today. What? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I can bring myself to watch it. Wait, what? I didn't even know that they were actually filming that. Holy shit. All right, I gotta go watch that. It might just be a teaser. It just popped up on my YouTube. We'll watch it, we we'll watch it reconnect on that last, next episode, cool. I guess. I, I still might boycott. We'll see. All right. Well, I uh, just want to say uh, thanks for listening. Um, you can find us at Clever Kids Pod on Instagram and Twitter if you want to connect with us. Uh, Brian has another podcast where he talks about fantasy sports called The Redraft. Jeff... Uh, He's working 50 hours a week. Yeah, just working a bunch. Tyler doesn't have social media. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Come back next week. All right, guys. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye.